0: It's time to tell you that puts on me It castles everything around me singing try to big It's all to tell yeah It's all to tell you that puts on me It castles everything around me singing try to got a big god It's all to tell me yeah Welcome into episode 3 of Gamblers Anonymous on today's podcast I've got uh, The French Open, one of my favorite events, actually one of my favorite sports in tennis. I'm going to be talking about the individual baseball games going on on Memorial Day today. And we'll talk about basketball. Only really, realistically, only two teams left. Well, as I'm doing this, it's uh, 3-0 in both series. A good chance that uh, both the Warriors and Cavs will wrap things up in their next game. So we'll talk about who is the favorite in that series. One team has LeBron, one team doesn't. But one team does have the MVP, Steph Curry, so we'll talk about that. But I want to start things off with uh, one of my favorite sports, uh, tennis. I want to start off with the French Open, which uh, is underway, was underway uh, yesterday, as of yesterday. And uh, the French Open odds were up and have been up for a little while to actually win the tournament. And very interesting to see Rafael Nadal for the first time in in. Probably uh, eight years or so. Not the favorite at the French Open, which just seems crazy to me, but uh, but it's understandable. Uh, right now, the odds are four to five, and Novak Djokovic uh, easily the favorite. Uh, you wouldn't even make back your or make you wouldn't even double your money uh, if you put money down on Novak Djokovic. Rafael Nadal's next at nine to four, and then Andy Murray at eight to one. Taymyr Shikori, surprisingly is next at fourteen to one. Roger Federer at sixteen to one. Stanislav uh, Vavrenka at twenty five to one. Then you get to some of the uh, the dark horses: David, David Ferrer and Gaël Monfils at thirty three to one, and Thomas Berdych also at thirty three to one. And then one of my favorite young guys, Grigor Dimitrov, at forty to one. Uh, and then those are the ones I really want to focus on. After that, you get to some of the real uh, who's who. In tennis, but uh, what the guys that I'm looking at right now, uh, other than the two favorites who I think everybody thinks, everybody expects to win, at one of those two guys will Rafael Nadal stand tall again at the French, even though he's looked he's looked beatable on clay in these last few tournaments he's played at. Um, of course, they weren't the French Open, but they were the warm up warm up tournaments, and he looked he looked beatable. Which is why a lot of people are saying that he can be beat and that this could be Novak Djokovic's chance, his best chance, to complete the career grand, the career Grand Slam. And so, when you look at it, there's a reason that Novak Djokovic is highly favored right now. Um, so if you wanted to go with one of those two guys, it's so tough to go against Djokovic right now the way he's been playing the last few years and the way his competition's been playing. Um, but... If you, were, if you really don't want to go with one of the top two guys right now, uh, one of my favorite guys on clay has always been David Ferrer. David Ferrer, in any other tournament, I'd say he has no chance, but on clay, he's always been kind of a, a slightly lesser man's, a slightly poor man's uh, Rafael Nadal, but this is the tournament that he would have a chance, because Rafael Nadal is not playing like Rafael Nadal, meaning... Uh, David Ferrer would have a chance to win his his uh, first, I believe, Grand Slam title. He had a chance. He, he got to a final here uh, against Rafael Nadal, actually, and lost to him a few years back, but he just couldn't get it done. And he is an older guy, but he's he's such a grinder, especially on a clay court. It's He's so tough to beat. I think he'd have a very tough time beating uh, Novak Djokovic, but if somebody else can beat Novak Djokovic... I don't know who would beat David Ferrer. I think that Djokovic would be Ferrer's kryptonite, although I do think Federer could probably uh, give him a great match as well. But when I'm looking at these guys, Guillaume on fees is a similar type of player who you might want to go with. But when I look at those 33-1 to guys, all three of them are enticing. Uh, but I like David Ferrer the best out of those three. And I really like his chance to grind out uh, at least a final or semi—at least a semifinal, I should say, and possibly uh, a Grand Slam title. Uh, other guys to look out for once you get past that—that that kind of the first ten guys. Like I was talking about, uh, you got Greg uh, Grigor Dimitrov. He's a young guy. I don't expect him. I if he's gonna make a statement at a Grand Slam title, I think it'll be either the uh, U.S. Open or maybe even Wimbledon. Kind of a court that fits his style a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, Nick Kyrgios is also down there. He's a lot of people's dark horse. He remember he made a his name known at the, uh, I believe was the Australian Open. He made a name for himself, beat Rafael Nadal, um, and put up a great performance. And the kids, you know, he's younger than I am. Right now, I believe he's he's either I want to say nineteen right now. Um, after that, you get to Sanga, Joe Wilford Sanga, Jack Sock, the American, Juan Martín Del Potro, who's, you know, always question marks about his health, but, uh, the hard hitter. Um, but none of them, I think, are consistent enough to win this tournament. All four of those guys I mentioned, uh, when they're on their game, you know, some of the best. Tennis players in America, but they're just too much a long, long shot, and too much question marks around those guys to really trust them. So if I were, if I were to uh, pick anybody, it would be either you know the favorite Djokovic, who I I definitely think is going to win this tournament, or if you really, if you don't want to go with Djokovic for the reasons of the odds are just not uh, not enticing enough, I guess. Then you go with David Ferrer at 33 to 1. I really like those odds for a guy who has made the final before. The only thing that stand that's ever stood in his way was Rafael Nadal, in my opinion. And Nadal is is not who Nadal is right now. So I expect him to put up a heck of a performance in this French Open. Then you look at the uh, the woman's side. And of course, Serena Williams, as always, the favorite at five to two. Uh, then Halep at four, uh, four to one. Maria Sharapova also four to one. Victoria Azarenka at seven to one. And then you get to some of the others: Kvitova, uh, Carla Suarez Navarro, uh, and then Caroline Wozniacki at eighteen to one. Um, so I'm looking down the list, and there's nobody. I mean, the women's game right now is especially in the French Open, a little bit wide open. I, I've seen picks all over the place for this one. But I really don't see, uh, between Serena and Maria, I think one of those two win it. And so, and my pick right now, for whatever reason, I think Maria Sharapova is going to take the French Open. And I, I kind of like the 4-1 to one odds. I think they're decent enough. Uh, if you wanted a long shot, uh, like Anna Ivanovic at 33 to 1 is decent even even Radwanska at 40 to 1 isn't bad for somebody of her of her caliber when she plays her game a lot of people like Sloane Stephens although I don't think this is her tournament um, but when I look at it I'm looking at the two most consistent players in the world I understand that they're, they're basically the two favorites along with Halep uh, but I really like Maria Sharapova in this tournament. I've seen that a lot of people like her as well, which makes me a little nervous, and obviously there's a reason that Serena Williams has been the best woman's player in the world for so long. Um, she's the type of player that can just dominate, even at the French, which wouldn't be, which isn't her best tournament, uh, but it is, you know, any Grand Slam can be her tournament if she if she lets it be. And so I expect that those two are going to be on a collision course, and I think Maria Sharapova takes it this year. So uh, that's that's basically it for the French Open. Then we move to uh, we'll move to basketball. Kind of a you know a little bit anticlimactic so far in the in the uh, conference championship round where the Cleveland Cavaliers are up 3 nothing over the Hawks, and the Hawks, you know, unfortunately, have lost basically every... I mean, they've lost a lot. They've been injured all over the place. Damari Carroll is, is gutting it out, but he's been hurt the last, you know, since Game 1, basically. was uh, It was either Game 1 or Game 2. Kyle Korver um, went down in game, game 2, and he was and he's out for the postseason, uh, got rolled up on by Della Vidova, and that's important because Della Vidova, in game three against Al Horford, uh, did kind of a a roll. He fell over and then kind of rolled into Al Horford's ankle in in what Al Horford deemed uh, kind of a malicious play, and Horford didn't like it, so Horford kind of came down on Kyle Korver gets ejected on a flagrant two, which also means that he'll miss game four, which is is important for the betting odds, although I expect that they downgrade it to a flagrant one and that he will be able to play, but we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe the NBA decides not to do that for whatever reason. But um, So as of now, he can't play in game four because of that flagrant two call. And so Dellavedova Vidova now kind of, you know, a lot of people are saying that he might be a dirty player. Uh, whether or not that's true isn't of him that much importance to me, but it does mean that uh, the Hawks are in Game 4 without their, you could argue their two best players, but two of their best players. And so it's basically going to have to be Jeff Teague in Game 4, as it was in the second half of Game 3. Uh, Jeff Teague played tremendous in the second half of Game 3, almost came away with a victory, but LeBron, you know, Jr. Smith even, was just too much for them in that game, but a, a gutsy performance from the Hawks in Game 3. So the question mark becomes, can we see that again in Game 4, where I believe the, where, uh, I shouldn't say I believe but I see that the Cavs are, are favored by 8 in Game 4. Not surprising. The oddsmakers are basically saying that the, you know, the Hawks at this point, you know, probably fold in, in, Cleveland, just because, you know, between the players they're missing and the, the, um, you know, the emotional kind of wear and tear of a series where you're down 3 nothing. do they, if they're down by, you know, say 10 late in the game, do they have a push left in them, or do they just kind of fold and let themselves, you know, go out of the, out of the playoffs, you know, at a certain point. You can only withstand so much uh, mentally. And so that's what I think happens. I think the Cavaliers do kind of run away with that game four. I also, in a second, we'll see that I, I feel the same way in the other series. Um, but so I think the Cavaliers, especially since it's at Cleveland, if it was at Atlanta, I think it's a different story because this Atlanta team does have a lot of heart. If it was in Atlanta, I picked the Hawks probably to cover, not to win, but to cover that eight-point spread, but in Cleveland, I think the Cavs cover it. I think LeBron's going to yet another final, his fifth finals, in a row. And then you get the uh, the other series, which is Golden State and Houston. Golden State also up to a 3-0 lead in that series. And so far, when you look at it, Golden State, in those first two games, really had to gut out victories. They were really close games, game two especially, where James Harden had one possession to win it, and uh, great defense by Steph Curry. Uh, stole the ball away. Clinched game uh, game two for the, the Warriors, and everybody was saying, well, this is going to be a great series. The Rockets, all that if they can, you know, hold their own on their own court, if they can hold their two games, it'll be a great series. But then all of a sudden, they just folded it at home. Lose by like 35 points, 115 to 80, I believe. Uh, they just... They were dismantled, uh, basically, by uh, by Steph Curry, who had a tremendous shooting performance, 12-19, 40-point game for Steph Curry. So you can't take anything away from him. But the Rockets kind of just just let it go at a certain point. I mean, uh, somehow you've got to cover that guy. You cannot leave him open for the number of threes he got, or just the number of shots he got. But give him credit, he hit some of the the more incredible shots I've ever seen. Uh, and, and most of the, the most amazing shots are the ones where he drives to the lane and then finds a way to finish over a big man like Dwight Howard. Uh, you just watch the way he plays. He finds a way to finish those shots more often than not, and it's always incredible to watch. But that's not the important part. The important part is that the Warriors are favored against Houston at home, or I, I, in Houston, um, which is stunning, but, but not not that stunning because the Warriors are up three nothing, and they were the best team in basketball. But what's surprising is that it's five points, which five points is a lot uh, in you know in in the gambling world. Um, for a road team to be favored in the conference finals by five points is surprising, and yet I'm still gonna say that the Warriors cover tonight. I I just I watched the Rockets just kind of you know give it up once they were down by a certain amount, and once they saw that Steph Curry was playing as well as he was playing, the Rockets just kind of let themselves go. They let, it, they let themselves get destroyed at home in Game 3. And now that they're down 3 nothing, I think that takes more of an emotional toll on them, more of a mental toll, as I mentioned before with the Cavaliers. I think that that takes more of a toll on the Rockets, and I think, I'm sure James Harden will show up tonight just for pride's sake, but I'm not sure about some of the other guys on that team. I trust Ariza, but I'm not sure how much I trust guys like Josh Smith, who, you know, refused to pass the ball basically late in that game. Um, a guy like, uh, you know, Dwight Howard, of course. How much will those guys show up? Because they need all of those guys. They need Jason Terry, even, to show up um, and, and give a, a gutsy, great performance. But I'm not sure how much I trust those guys in that series. Or, I should say, in a game four where, you know, they know that if even if they win, they're going back to Oracle Arena, where the Warriors have been one of the greatest teams ever at home, one of the best teams ever of all time at home. And so I just I just don't see the, the Rockets putting on enough of a show in Game 4 to win that game, and I don't see them staying within 5, so Warriors cover in that one. So then we get to the championship, which uh, in all likelihood, you know, like I said, barring a minor miracle, you know, the size of Jesus walking on water, the Warriors will face off against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Warriors will be the home team, uh, and, you know, it's going to be a series for the ages, it's it's LeBron versus the World, basically, Is the Warriors, in my opinion, easily the best team in basketball this year, the Cavaliers still, in my opinion, have the best player in the world in LeBron James. I know that uh, Steph Curry was the, I almost called him Chef Curry, but I, I know Steph Curry is the MVP and for good reason, uh, but the Cavaliers, is, you know, LeBron is still LeBron, and that's something to remember. Uh, but and, and we watched last night, LeBron played about 45 minutes and he just collapsed on the court after that win. He put together a heck of a performance, but he's being asked to do basically everything for that team, and that's a tough thing to do for anybody. Um, and so, I think that that's another reason that LeBron wants to sweep the the Hawks is so that he can get a nice rest. The finals won't start till June fourth, in all likelihood. Um, so he's going to get about you know an eight, eight or nine day rest before his series starts. And so, what you're looking at is. I expect the Warriors to be favored, highly favored, in that series just because of the numbers of players they have, just because Kyrie's still going to be hurt. Uh, Kevin Love, of course, is out, and we're not sure. Aside from Tristan Thompson, who's been playing very, very well, we're, we're still not sure if J- a guy like J.R. Smith is going to keep this hot shooting streak up. Can Amon keep his hot shooting streak up? I, I trust Amon Schumpert's defense, but how much do I trust him to continue his performance offensively? Uh, we know Shumpert's probably going to be defending, I'd assume he's defending Steph Curry and then J.R. Smith will, um, defend, no, you probably have LeBron defend Steph, maybe, or LeBron could cover J., uh, Draymond Green, that's the problem is that the Warriors just have so many weapons, uh, on the court at all times, they have, you know, they have Steph Curry, they have Clay Thompson, they have Draymond Green, they have Harrison Barnes, they have Andre Iguodala, Iguodala. Uh, They have uh, Andrew Bogut, who's not much of an offensive player, but a very good defensive uh, force inside. You know, they got David Lee even coming off the bench, who's not who he used to be, but he's still a good player. Um, And I'm sure I'm missing a guy or two in there, but that's just how good this team is. Uh, But, of course, the Splash Brothers uh, are what everybody's going to focus on. Uh, And after the performance Steph Curry's put up in in this series... Uh, against the Rockets, there's no reason why not. But that's the reason that I favored the, the Warriors highly. They have four games at Oracle in that series, and, and like I mentioned, Oracle Arena is probably the loudest arena in basketball right now, and it's so tough to win there. Only two teams did it all year long. Can the Cavs do it once? I believe yes. But the problem is, I don't think that they're, they're going to hold serve all three of the times that they play at home. I, I think that uh, the Cavs' home court advantage is not nearly as big as the Warriors' home court advantage, and for that reason, I think the Warriors could easily go to Cleveland and win at least one game, maybe even two. And that's how good this Warriors team is, um, and LeBron is going to have to try to gut that team, uh, gut that Cavalier team to a championship all by himself, and I think that that wears on him. We've seen a year after year. He's done a great job of getting these teams to the finals. Give him full credit. And he's managed to win two championships in Miami. And he did a great job of that. But this year, he just, with all the injuries and everything, if they had Kevin Love, it'd probably be a different story. If they had a healthy Kyrie Irving, but they don't have those guys. And when you look at this team, you're looking at a team that's really beaten down, that LeBron has to try to carry to a championship. And I just—we've seen it against the Mavericks. We saw it against the Spurs a couple of times for LeBron. Whenever he leads a team to a championship and faces one of those Western Conference teams that is is more of a complete team than he has, um, oftentimes that that Western Conference team, like the Mavericks did, like the Spurs did, finds a way to uh, neutralize LeBron and win the series. Um, with semi ease, with relative ease, and that's what honestly what I expect in that series. I think that the Warriors win that one. Um, this kind of goes past gambling because I know that the Warriors are going to be highly favored in that matchup. But I'm just giving my two cents on who wins the title, on who plays the best, on on why the Warriors will win the championship. If you really, if you want to go out on that limb and say the Cavs win it all, you can. Um, I understand why the odds will be, you know, will you know, be more enticing in that direction. The problem for the Cavs is how much do you think one guy can carry a team when the other team has seven or eight guys they can consistently rely on. I mean, even Marty Spates, um, if he's healthy, can perform well for the the Warriors, and he's like the eighth man on that team. Even we've seen uh, Sean Livingston, who comes off the bench for Chef er, for Chef. For Steph Curry, uh, we've seen Livingston put up some great performances so far in this series. He's like a six-eight point guard who's pretty consistent from the mid-range, and so it's just so tough whenever when a team has player after player after player who can perform so well. I I'm, I just don't see a way where a team that's that's highly uh, reliant upon one player as good as that one player is. I mean, we've seen, e- even Michael Jordan had a lot of health. Even Kobe Bryant in his, in his prime, whenever he won a championship, had a lot of health. It's it's nearly impossible to win a championship without health. And LeBron has a little bit of health, but right now not enough. Warriors win that series, I'm going to say five games right now. I'm, I'm going to give LeBron a game just out of respect, but I think that the Warriors win that series in five games. And so, with that, that's my basketball prediction for this year, for the season. Um, and I've talked about, about football enough, so I want to jump to baseball. And I want to do some individual games. One thing I haven't done on my first two episodes enough is talk about individual games. And so, that's what I want to do for right now. Uh, there's a lot of great games on Memorial Day today. And hopefully, by the time I, hopefully I get this up in time, where these, these games game predictions will be relevant to you. Um, I expect to get it up by, hopefully, 11, 11.30 at the latest. Um, so, when I look at today's games, uh, I'm going to give you either a pick straight up, which means just one team will win the game or one team won't, or I'll pick with the run line, which is what the run line, of course, is... is uh, one team, either the favorite, either gives up one and a half runs or they get one and a half runs. So if I say, uh, for instance, the, the first game is Kansas City uh, versus the New York Yankees, that game in New York, uh, if I said that I'm picking the Yankees minus one and a half, that means that the Yankees are the favorite and that I'm picking them to win by more than one and a half runs. If I say that I'm picking Kansas City plus one and a half, That means that Kansas City is the underdog and that I'm picking them, but only to cover the one-and-a-half run line. So I don't necessarily like Kansas City to win, but I do like them to cover that one-and-a-half run line. I think it'll be a close game, is what I'm saying, if I pick that. And so with that said, let's get going. Uh, So that is the first game, of course, Kansas City with Jeremy Guthrie on the mound versus the Yankees with uh, Nathan uh, Eovaldi on the mound, and... In them, uh, surprisingly to me, the Yankees are favored and, and semi-highly favored, I guess because Eovaldi has been a pretty solid pitcher this year. He's been better than Guthrie has, um, and so uh, usually what you go by whenever you're betting on uh, a baseball, I, what I like to go with is the pitchers, um, and so that's the reason that they're favored, I'm sure, uh, and it's not that surprising, but... The way the Yankees have played, I think they've lost ten of eleven re- recently. They've just kind of collapsed, uh, unfortunately, in my opinion. But it's it's uh, it's difficult to pick a team that struggled as much as they have. And the Royals, you know, right now you could argue that they're the best team in baseball. So looking at that, I'm going to say that the the uh, the Royals find a way to win. Even against the Yankee team, that's th- that's throwing a, uh, a better pitcher out there. So I think Kansas City wins straight up. I mentioned that they're the underdog, so the odds are, are a little better for Kansas City actually. So if you want to jump on that, when I jump on Kansas City in that matchup. Next up is the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. You know, one of the a team that's struggling versus the New New York Mets. The Phillies sending out uh, Gonzalez, uh, one of their you know weak uh, spot start pitchers. Versus the Mets with Bartolo Colon, who's, you know, uh, he is who he is, a decent pitcher on the mound. Uh, the Mets are highly favored in this matchup, and I understand why I'm actually going to go with them. I'm going to go with them minus the one and a half, so I'm going to pick them even with the run line. I think that Bartolo Colon is a very good pitcher, as I mentioned. And what I like the best about him is that he, he doesn't walk anybody. Um, he makes you actually beat him. And a pitcher like that, I don't think he's going to give up more than, you know, three runs in and outing. And I think that the Mets can beat up on this guy Gonzalez. So I'm picking the Mets to cover the one-and-a-half run line. Next up is the Colorado Rockies versus the Cincinnati Reds. We've got uh, the Rockies throwing Butler out there versus uh, the Reds throwing out Jason Marquise. Um the, the Reds favored, understandably, Marquise the more... Uh, the more well-known pitcher of the two. And Cincinnati's been getting going re- recently. When I look at the... When I look at this one, I don't know that it's going to be a blowout on either side. I like Cincinnati to win. I don't know if I love the run line. Uh, if you want to be bold, you can pick the minus one and a half. But the safe bet is just Cincinnati to win, in my opinion. Um... Then we go to the next matchup, which is the Houston Astros versus the Baltimore Orioles. You've got, uh, I don't even, I forget how to say his name, so is it, it's uh, Kukul, Kuk, uh, I can't say his name Mohammed the versus Yi Chen, uh, and the uh, it's pretty even right now, the odds are basically even for all intents and purposes. And um, the Astros have been, you know, one of the most surprising teams in baseball. Uh, Baltimore trying to, you know, keep improving, keep working their way right now. And uh, I think I like uh, Y.E. Chen, if only because I could say his name better. Uh, And I like the Orioles not to cover, just to to win the game straight up. Um, Next up is the San Francisco... Giants versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Sorry about that. Uh, the uh, the Giants throw Tim Lincecum out there. Lincecum, you know, making his his basically his his comeback season, doing a much better job than he has the last couple of years. Uh, versus Kyle Lohse of the Brewers. You know, the Brewers just you know a tough team to watch out there. And surprisingly, the Brewers are favored because because Loesch has been very good, um, and they're in Milwaukee. With that said, I'm going to pick Lincecum and the, and the Giants, so another underdog pick. I don't like to pick too many underdogs, but I think that the Giants, uh, with Lincecum on the map, win that game. Then you have the Boston Red Sox versus the Minnesota Twins. This one's in Minnesota. It's a pretty even line. Uh, Joe Kelly pitching for the Red Sox, Ricky Velasco for the um, for the the Twins. Um, the Red Sox are slightly favored in that matchup. I think that I like. I think that I do like the Red Sox, even though you know, even though I don't actually like the Red Sox, I do like them in this matchup. Um, I won't say that they cover, but I think they win that game outright. Nolasco is the type of pitcher that, on any given day, he can put up a, a great performance. I'm just not sure it'll be today. I trust Joe Kelly to throw a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid one today. Have a have a solid outing. I think that the Red Sox win that one straight up. Uh, then you've got Washington versus Chicago. Uh, Washington throwing Rourke out there, and uh, the Chicago Cubs throwing out uh, Wada, a young pitcher. Um, who I don't know enough to to necessarily predict for or against, but I do know Tyler Rourke uh, a little bit, and I kind of like him. Uh, the the Nationals are favored in this matchup, um, so I'm going to pick the Nationals uh, for fear of the unknown in that one. And, and because, in my opinion, the Nationals have just been playing such great ball, their offense has been, uh, you know... Probably the best in baseball. Bryce Harper is is incredible. He's finally starting to get uh, a ton of respect from opposing pitchers, which is understandable. Uh, but he's just been tremendous lately. So the next matchup is the the Detroit Tigers versus the Oakland Athletics. Uh, we've got Green versus Han in that matchup. Uh, looking at it closely, the both teams are, or it's a pretty even line. Oakland's uh, slightly favored. Uh, which, you know, it's in Oakland, probably the reason. I actually like Detroit in this one, uh, just to win. Uh, I like Shane Green, um, and I think that Detroit's offense on any given day uh, can, you know, put together a great performance. I think this could be one of those days where Detroit just wins a game with their offense. Uh, then you've got the Texas Rangers versus the uh, Cleveland Indians. The Rangers throwing Klein out there, and Cleveland throwing Sean Markham. Uh, I expect Cleveland's favorite in this one, and they are. Uh, they're favored pretty heavily, uh, partially because Texas's offense hasn't gotten going, partially because Klein's, Klein is out there on the mound, and Markham for Cleveland is, is more consistent. We know who Markham is. Um, and so I will pick the favorite. I'm going to pick Cleveland minus the one and a half. I think that, uh, this is the type of game where they can win. Relatively big, three or four runs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Indians won that game by. Uh, then you get to the Arizona Diamondbacks throwing Anderson on the mound versus the St. Louis Cardinals, another one of the best teams in baseball right now. Uh, throwing out Martinez on the mound. The Cardinals are favored. Understandably so, uh, just you know, the type of team that always performs in the regular season. You know what you're going to get from the Cardinals, uh, and I think we know what we're going to get today. I'm going to pick the Cardinals to win. I'll pick them to win by one and a half even, uh, because it is in St. Louis. I think that helps them too. The next game is the Miami Marlins versus uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. We've got David Phelps for the the Marlins and Charlie Morton. For the Pirates, Um, Morton Morton and the Pirates are favored semi-heavily, and, you know, David Phelps, I've seen enough of him, and I don't love him, but I do think that they can, I'm going to go with the underdog in this matchup, I don't, you know, it's not one that I love, it's probably my least favorite pick so far, but I do like, um, I do like to pick an underdog or two. And I'm going to pick, you know, a few underdogs, I should say. And I'm going to pick the Marlins to win that game. Maybe Stanton hits a homer or two to help me out. That Marlins offense has struggled this year, but I'm going to pick them to win that one. Next up is the Chicago White Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays. We've got Hector Noessi out there for the uh, White Sox and Hutchison for the uh, Blue Jays. I and uh, the Blue Jays are highly favored in this matchup, highly favored. Noesi's had, you know, he's had his, his very good outings, and he's, he's also struggled throughout his career, um, and it's in Toronto, so it's understandable why Toronto's favored. Um, I think that they win, Toronto does, but I don't know that they win by more than the one and a half. It's tough for me to pick the run line in this one, so I'm just going to stick with the, the safer bet that they win. I don't know that they win by more than one and a half. Uh, then you get to Seattle, the the Mariners versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Elias on the mound for Seattle, and Odor- Odorizzi, Odorizzi uh, for the uh, Rays. The Rays are favored, and they've, and uh, for good reason... Uh, since the Rays have, you know, overtaken the lead for the AL East, uh, they've played very well lately, and you know they've actually got uh, a one and a half game lead over the Yankees right now. Um, and Odorizzi is part of the reason why that pitching staff's been good, and I think that the Rays win that game. Uh, I'm going to go with the minus one and a half also on the Rays uh, because of the way they've played. And, uh, Seattle, you know, I'm gonna pick them to continue, I think that they continue to struggle a little bit, they're 20-23, so they've struggled a bit this year, I think that they keep struggling at least for a little while, even though, even though I did think that they made, they would make the playoffs, uh, at year's end, they just haven't gotten it going yet, I think that they will turn it on at some point, but not today, so Tampa Bay wins that one. Next, next up is the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Braves with Perez on the mound and the Dodgers with Brett Anderson. Um, the, uh, I believe the Braves are, or I should say the Dodgers are, are highly favored, not surprising since Brett Anderson has been very good this year. Um, and, you know, the Dodgers with their offense, they're 26-17. and 17. Easily in first right now, and they've been doing a great job all year. Whereas the Braves have been, you know, the Braves are, are right near five hundred. They're at twenty-two and twenty-one, um, but they're the type of team that a lot of people picked to at least make the postseason. A lot of people kind of like them with their pitching staff um, and the young team they put together. But the Dodgers highly, highly favored in this matchup, and it's tough to go against a guy that's pitches as well as Brett Anderson. Uh so I'm gonna go with the Dodgers minus one and a half. I don't like going with this many favorites, but looking at it, this one's uh very you know, very slanted in one direction. And so it's tough to go to go against the Dodgers in that one. Then you get to the final matchup of the night. This one's a late night game. Uh it's the San Diego Padres versus the Los Angeles Angels, and it's gonna be Ross versus Weaver. Weaver the favorite in that one, uh, relatively highly favored. actually both have pitched well this year. The, the Padres have struggled recently. I actually picked the Padres to, to make the World Series, but that prediction's not looking so good right now. Uh, I like the odds on them. that's why I picked them. but uh, the Padres have struggled as I mentioned. they do have a good offense when when their guys are on, they've just their pitching has really struggled at times uh, this season. So far, of course, it's still early. Only about only a little over a fourth of the way through, so plenty of time. Or you know, around a third of the way through, maybe a little, little less. Uh, But anyways, I you know, there's been struggles, but with the Angels highly favored, I'm actually gonna pick San Diego to win this game. Maybe it's just my bias, but I do like uh, Ross on the mound, and I like that offense that can get going at any time. Uh, Weaver's had an on-and-off career. You know, he's he's a good pitcher, don't get me wrong. But, uh, can the Padres hit him? I believe so, so I'm gonna say that they win that game and finish off Memorial Day strong for my picks. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But I'm gonna say I'm right on this one. And so that does it for the for the baseball night. Um, I already went over my, my predictions on last week's show for, for the end of the season, uh, and end of the season ro- awards. And if you wanted to pick, uh, if you're the type of person that likes betting on individual awards, like the MVP award, uh, for either the AL or the NL, um, and you, you know, you really like that type of thing, um, my picks before the year, I said that Mike Trout was the odds-on favorite to win. I didn't actually, I haven't actually looked at the odds to win the MVP award, but I said that the Mike, that Mike Trout was my odds-on favorite to win the AL MVP before the year started. Um, and I, I, you know, even even at this point, I I still believe that, even as good as, you know, other guys have been. Um, and right now, it looks like Bryce Harper probably is running away with the NL the MVP award. It's very, very early. Um, and if you ask me right now, do I take him or the field, I'd probably take the field. But right now, he's the favorite um, in the NL, understandably so. Um, in, you know, a league where, you know, hitters haven't dominated over the last however many years. You know, you've got Andrew McCutcheon. Um, but other than that, not many guys have dominated. We saw Kershaw last year um, winning it. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, um, But it's going to be interesting to see who actually wins it. But I'm going to say Mike Trout in the AL. And then I guess Bryce Harper. Maybe it's the year of the young guys um, in baseball, and so I'm going to say Bryce Harper finds a way to win that one. And so that wraps up, uh, basically the entire baseball conversation, and then you, um, you kind of, that kind of wraps up Memorial Day for us, and then, and it kind of wraps up what I really need to talk about, so I just want to go over, you know, kind of next week, and, and, you know, the foreseeable future. Next week, uh, it'll be, we'll be going into the second week of the French Open. We'll be getting down to the nitty-gritty, so I'll go over where we're at at the French Open. Um, and in the next couple of weeks, I also, you know, we'll have Wimbledon in, a, in, you know, around a month or so that I can talk about, because I love Wimbledon, one of my favorite events. Um, we'll also be able to talk about the Belmont Stakes, which are coming in, uh, you know, soon. Um... And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about American Pharaoh's chances to win the Triple Crown, which is a is a big deal. Even in even in my opinion, even for someone like me who's not the biggest horse racing fan, uh, I think that that's you know a big deal. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about more individual baseball games. Um, I want to talk a little bit, you know, about something that I haven't talked about yet. So maybe we talk about college football and my early um, my early picks for college football to win the college football playoff. Um, And that's about it. I'll probably throw a few things in on the fly. Uh, Of course, the championship matchup, the championship won't even have started, I believe, by the time next week's show is up. Uh, Like I said, I think it starts June 4th, and in all likelihood, it's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers and the uh, Golden State Warriors. So we'll have that to look forward to. I'll talk more in-depth about that matchup and about uh, the odds on that one, who I think is going to win versus what the odds are saying, Um, how many games I'm predicting it to go, because you can always bet on how many games a series goes. So we'll talk a little bit about that once the the series is set in stone. Um, Right now it's kind of only written in permanent ink, but once it's set in stone, we'll talk about it. And... So, I've got to go to a cookout, Um, so I've got to kind of run, but that's going to do it for this edition of Gamblers Anonymous.